No. <laughs> I can barely eat the normal ones normally without coughing. The recording has started. Is it? We're praying. Get back in the circle, Luna. Smells like Smarty smoke in here. <laughs> Who's on? Alright, everybody, by your hearts and your eyes and your heads. Okay. Lord, thank you for tonight. I pray that you be with us and just lead us and guide us to learn more about you. I pray that you lead Corey and and in talking in about wisdom of you, Lord. I pray that you just lead us and guide us in union and fellowship as we delve into you. <laughs> So thank you for tonight, and I pray that you just be in this space. Amen. Amen. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I believe. Oh, yeah. Anytime someone mentions 1 Corinthians, I'm always just like, oh my gosh, Corey, Corey. taught me that. Pastor Coco. The Lord taught you. Pastor Coco. The Lord. The Lord. Chapter 10. The Lord. The Lord. The Lord. I think it's the chapter Lord 10. Yeah, Corey. we're in chapter 10. Um, what was I going to say? Matt mentioned 1 Corinthians 3 today, and I looked at you. I know. <laughs> Y'all all look at me every time we mention tax I looked, or I looked Corinthians. At, no, I looked at all the alliterations that my dad was making, and I looked at you, no, too. every time I see him do alliterations, I just look at you. <laughs> the, three, the three poops. The three poops and the double, triple A batteries. So, I'm so glad your dad listens to this podcast. Me too. Uh, and one whole thing. It's just ten minutes of crinkling. I know, Are right? we doing nine or ten? We already did nine last week. Why are you all letting Smarties be your spirit to help? Didn't we? Oh, man. I, I thought we went. Enough with the condemnation. <laughs> Let's just start at the top of ten. Wait. That's where we're starting. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we covered he, that he, last week. He name-dropped Barnabas. In, in, Remember? Well, yeah. He said, I feared that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. No, I remember that, remember? Put your freaking foot on Y'all remember last week because 924 was, don't you realize that in a race everyone wins, but only one person gets the prize, so run to win. We were on that last week. So we're on 10. I know that. She chose violence today. What do you mean today? For, no. For every day. I don't That's want right. To All right. Let's, let's Who's going to read verse 1? Chapter 10, verse 1. <laughs> For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers. That our fathers were all in the cloud and all passed through the sea. And all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea. And all ate the same. I mean, yeah, just keep going. I'm <laughs> and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. So, we'll go back and break it all down now. So, verse 1, For I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud and passed through the sea. So, uh, Paul's outlining God's blessing upon Israel as he sought to help the Corinthians understand how the Israelites abused their freedom and sinned against God. Notice the blessing of God upon Israel. One, our fathers were under the cloud. This is a reference to the benef- uh, to the cloud. 
-hmm. of uh, protection over the Jews and the pillar of mm -hmm. cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And then, and all passed through the sea. This is a reference to the deliverance of God's people from Pharaoh pursuing, from Pharaoh's pursuing army. Uh, so he's basically taking a moment just to say, uh, God took care of our forefathers. But he's going to point out their sin and, and kind of what they did. And all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and into the sea. Uh, through the experience of passing through the Red Sea, the Israelites were baptized into Moses or identified with Moses. The Red Sea marked their passage into a new land and a new life under a new leader. The Corinthian believers had identified with Christ at their baptism. They identified with Christ and made a commitment to his leadership when they were buried in the waters of baptism and raised to walk in the new newness of life. And we all ate the same spiritual food. He's basically referring to what do y'all think he's referring to? The word. He's talking about the word. Oh, yeah. He's talking about the Torah. How did I say the first the, the, the law? Uh, Didn't they read it to them back then? They, no, not everybody like, had a copy, right? It's by rote, right? Well, they read it to them because most people were uneducated. Okay. Uh, most people couldn't read. Is that why you do Bible study to us? Because <laughs> we're uneducated. I mean, mo most of... Uh, we're illiterate. Yeah, they were illiterate. I mean, if you've watched The Chosen, you see where Mary's teaching... Yeah. You know, yeah. I forget what that girl's name is. Everything back then, for the most part, was a physical tablet. It's not like they had computers to sit at. Right. Right. It was a physical tablet, and like they were expensive. To get a copy of the Torah was super pricey. Oh, yeah. Because it had to be hand copied. It wasn't like you could go to a Xerox machine and be like, be like boop, buying boop. a car in today's economy. Yeah. More. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know the value, but I, I do remember. Um, when they the uh, when we talked in Acts about the Ethiopian that was riding in the chariot reading the law, and you know <laughs> he was just keeping up with the chariot, saying, "Hey, do you understand what you're reading?" Uh, the implication was was that it was a wealthy man because he had a copy. Oh yeah. Of the of the law. And so for you to have a copy, it meant that you had money. And most of the time, you bought a copy to start a synagogue in your own town. You didn't buy a copy to keep at your house. Oh, wow. So that means he was even more wealthy. Yeah. <laughs> so. he, was, he was a rich man. He, yeah. Praise. I mean, they had people that, I mean, the only way you got a copy was if somebody hand wrote. And so think about how long it would take to hand write the Torah. So it it costs it costs quite a bit of money. Plus paper and ink and all that stuff wasn't just readily available. Mm. So imagine reading it and the person's handwriting is awful. <laughs> only 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 certain people were allowed to actually write it. And like there were there were there were groups of people like I, there were zealots that when they were writing the words down, scribes and stuff that Every time they wrote the word Yahweh, they would leave the vowels out, right? They would just put Y-H-W-H. But they would go wash their hands every time. Whoa. Like, Whoa. they would write the words, and they would be like, I've got to go.
cleanse myself, come back, continue writing, write the word again, I go cleanse myself. Whoa. So in order to have that law, you know, it, it was, I mean, it, yeah, it was it, quite a process. Stones still back then? Like, no, it was papyrus. Still like, one of the most like incredibly long books to read in modern times. So yeah. 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 So and they then we clean. and then we move on to uh, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them, and that rock was Christ. So he's uh, he's pointing out that you know when Moses poured water from the rock, that now. You're drinking water from the rock, but that water is living water from Jesus. Yeah. Right? So he's basically drawing parallels to the Old Testament and the New Testament. Paul said that the people drank from a spiritual rock which followed them, and that rock was Christ. Brian Harbour comments, Since Moses turned to the rock for water at both the beginning and the end of the journey... Tradition asserted that the rock followed the people through the wilderness. So, yeah. nevertheless, nevertheless, and so nevertheless is always a bad word. Oh well, <laughs> because it means yet there's something in spite of that. Yeah. good. Here's this negative. Right. Psych. God was not pleased with. With that. most of them, <laughs> God was not well pleased. For they laid low in the wilderness. For they were laid low in the wilderness. And the laying low in the wilderness means they died. Oh! Okay. So, That's a nice one. Mine says their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mine says overthrown. Be tossed aside. So, this is uh, A.T. Robertson writes a mournful statement. Nonetheless, with most of them, God was not well pleased. This is a this is a, a very depressing statement because only two actually reached the promised land, Caleb and Joshua. So you got to consider how many Israelites there were, and they all died except for Caleb and Joshua. Now their descendants remained alive, but everyone that was alive when the spies went into the land and said we can't take it, every single one of them except for Caleb and Joshua died. So that's what it. That's what it means. <laughs> that's what it means by they were laid low. Like the, I mean. Yeah, mine says struck down in the desert. Yeah. That's crazy. Now these things happened as examples for us. A warning that we should not crave evil things as they craved. Hmm. Paul warned that the Corinthians not to engage in the things that brought God's punishment upon Israel. To do so would bring God's punishment upon them as well. Notice the five incidents recorded by Paul. Um, the Israelites cra craved I evil things. They were longers after evil things. A term which refers to unlawful carnal passions or desires. The coveting of things forbidden, corrupt, and inordinate desires and affections. Uh, the Corinthians were certainly not strangers to temptations in the immoral atmosphere of the Corinthian church. And so, read verses 7 and 8. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink 
and they rose up to play. And let's not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. Whoa. So. 23K died. The Israelites acted immorally. Mm-hmm. They committed fornication. An example of their immorality is found in Numbers 25, 1 through 9. The account of the Israelites playing the harlot with the daughter of Moab. The Corinthians were not unfamiliar with the matters of immorality. They had tolerated it in their own church. And this is why Paul is bringing it to their attention. Like, look, God is the, this is the same God. Yes, you are saved. You have Christ as your redeemer, but don't do the same things they did. I mean, the whole purpose of the Old Testament is to show us our depravity. And our need for a savior. That's a right? cool thing about. They literally had the physical representation of what we have. They had the leader They had the covers on top. They had the provision. And God still was not pleased because they were still acting a fool. They still chose immorality. They still chose sin. They still chose to live in their sinful, carnal desires. They desired. So. Versus. Uh, Verse 9 and 10 and 11. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and they were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. So the Israelites grumbled. Israelites tempted God. So, I mean, he literally, you have... Uh, Paul sitting here saying, look, here's your example of how not to act. Mm-hmm. Right? Preach. Uh, That's what Matt did today um, in the sermon, talking about Luna. <laughs> Dang it! It is... <laughs> Yeah, that's how you, you shouldn't act like lactose intolerant. It's all it's all Keep up. So it isn't. It is possible to learn good lessons from bad examples. Paul urged the Corinthians to profit from Israel's mistakes. In other words, to benefit from the bad that Israel did. If they failed to do so, they would suffer the same consequences abusing their freedom in Christ. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Here, Paul gives a solemn warning. The word therefore points back to the previous verses where Paul wrote of Israel's costly mistakes. Upon reading Paul's account of Israel's mistakes, it's easy to point a finger at Israel or to think that we would never behave in such a reprehensible manner. It's easy to think, how could they do such a thing? Or I would never do that. To think such thoughts is dangerous, presumptuous, and prideful. Paul offers a wise word of warning to him who thinks he stands. That word of warning is simply stated, take heed, that is, watch yourself. (laughs) It is dangerous for any believer to think that he has come to the point in his Christian walk where he is free from the potential to yield to temptation and so sin against God. The warning to take heed reminds us that we are vulnerable, regardless of how spiritually mature we might consider ourselves. The writer of Proverbs adds his wisdom, writing, Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before stumbling. Proverbs 16, 18. 
All right, read verse 13. There hath no temptation what? taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. So. What was Paul offered an encouraging word to every person who has ever felt the overwhelming pressure of temptation. The word temptation in this context can mean either a direct temptation or enticement or putting to the test. In either case, uh, any temptation that an individual faces is such common to every man. In other words, any temptation that we face is one that has been faced by others throughout history including Christ. Temptation is unique in the sense that others have not faced it at one time or another in the same form. They might not be facing it at the same time as us, but God who is faithful will not allow us to be tempted to the point that we cannot either successfully endure or successfully escape temptation. That's hard. That is one of my favorite verses. Yeah, I know. I was going to say Nate loves that verse. Ten thirteen. Yeah. Dad, do you think that Dr. Pepper... Has a stronghold on my life. Yes. And then it tempts me. Yes. And the Lord has provided a way out with water. It's just the <laughs> With a way out with water. All right, 1014. So, my dear friends, flee from the worship of idols. Aw, I got skipped and I got the shortest bit. <sighs> Read verse 15. You are reasonable people. Decide for yourself if what I'm saying is true. <laughs> Therefore... My beloved, Paul was their spiritual father and he loved them very much, so he referred to them as my beloved. Flee from. The word here means continually and as a matter of habit, escape from. To shrink away. To stand fearfully aloof from. Run. All right. So in other words, <laughs> run, you fools. If you see temptation, run. Paul did not say, Turn away from the. He didn't say ignore the. He said run, run, go, 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 run, 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 flee, run, go, run, flee, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. And then he said, and then he said, you are all wise men. Listen to what I say. Judge, tell me if I'm wrong. Right? Am I lying? Verse, lion, <laughs> verse 16. When we bless the cup at the Lord's table, aren't we sharing in the blood of Christ? And when we break the bread, aren't we sharing in the body of Christ? So a reference to the church as the body of Christ and the fellowship among believers, right? <sighs> yeah. Verse 17. My turn. <laughs> Hurry up, Tola. And though we are many, we all eat from one loaf of bread, showing that we are one body. Think about the people of Israel. Weren't they united by eating the sacrifices at the altar? In the sacrificial, uh, in the sacrificial system of Israel, both the priests and worshipers ate parts of the sacrifices. Those who shared in the sacrifices also shared in the spiritual benefit of those sacrifices. Mm. So he's basically saying since, since we're all one person... We need to help each other, right? All, all blood cells. Mm. We're all part of it. We're all white blood cells. Okay. Blood. That was a little... Okay. <laughs> Verse right. 19 and 20. That's what they're called. 
<laughs> what do I imply then? That food offered to idols is anything? Or that an idol is anything? No. I imply that with pagan sacrifice they offer to demons and not to God. Hmm. I do not want you to be participants in demons. So, while the idols are not real, demons are, and demons stand behind idolatry and idol worship. So Paul basically said, do not become sharers of the demons, to be identified with demons by their involvement, however indirect, in meals at an idol's temple. So we uh, can take this into more than just food, right? There are, there are demons behind idols, and he's basically saying don't participate in anything, anything that has to do with demons, right? Mm. So what are, what are some other things that, that have demons behind it that we probably shouldn't partake Movies. in? Yeah, Hollywood. Movies. Oh. Drugs. Dang, y'all are. I was gonna say like music, masonry, clothing, social media, masonry. Social... You talking about pottery? No. Free masonry. Free masonry. There, there's a lot of stuff social out there. That, that... There's clothing brands that are crazy demonic. Music. 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 It has bile in its name. Verse twenty-one. Verse twenty-one. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord. And the cup of demons. Say it again. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord or in the table of demons. Christians who have identified themselves with the Lord and participate in communion at his table have no business identifying themselves with demons by participating in meals involving meat sacrificed to idols. Participating in the Lord's Supper identifies one with Christ. Therefore, participating in meals at pagan temples identifies them with the idolatry of demons. As as Pastor Matt would say, no intermixture. No intermixture. Right? In this passage, Paul graphically points out for all of us the dangers of grieving and betraying our Lord by association with pleasures and pursuits that are not wholesome uh, there are behaviors and there are things we can do that actually identify us with demons and we must abstain from those things so verse 22 or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy we are not stronger than he, are we? I love the sarcasm, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, Paul is... Paul... Love Paul to death, but he uses sarcasm he said, so much. It's, Should we try and mess with the Lord your God? Like, man, we're, we're maybe not, I want to be stronger than him, are we? Or Shall we try do we provoke hell? the Lord to jealousy? We are not stronger than he, are we? There's a lot of tood in that statement. Yeah. God desires our soul allegiance. Don't try to see how close you can get to the edge. Remember that you are not stronger than God. Jesus, when tempted by Satan in the desert, basically said, Thou shalt not tempt 
the Lord your God. Nate, yeah. you, you're on your Bible study, huh? You answered like four questions at church today. My bad, y'all. <laughs> Not your bad, bro. Don't be a, don't be embarrassed for eating the word, bro. You got your you got your steak on. You got your steak on. Don't be embarrassed for eating the word. Wild. Well, you got your steak on. Verse twenty three. I think this one right here is probably the verse that changed my life. All things are lawful, but not all things are profitable all things are lawful but not all things edify in other words you have freedom but your freedom has to be to glorify god so if you're doing things that are not profitable if you're doing things that do not edify then you maybe need to take a look at what you're doing the freedoms that you're enjoying Christians are free to do anything that in itself is not sinful. Liberty, however, must be governed by... Liberty must be governed by what? Jesus. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> You're not wrong. Love. Everything you do, you do out of love. Right? The Bible says you shall know my disciples because of their Brute. love for one another. What are, the, what are the two commandments that can sum up all the Old Testament commandments? Love God and love people. Life, that's the number one thing that we get wrong, in my opinion, when we walk as Christians. We are called to love unconditionally. Not judge, <laughs> but love. Mm. And through that love, we bring people to an understanding of who Christ is. Mm. If you find yourself not loving, you need to I'd look at yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah. You need to put yourself against the measuring stick of Christ. And you say, need to start with the man in the mirror. I cannot believe you just met a Michael Jackson reference in a Bible study. <laughs> <laughs> no Look, okay, look, the Lord turns all things. I guess he turns all things for good, yeah. Verse 24. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Ooh. Wait. Let no one seek his own good but the good of his neighbor. Do I keep going? Or no, no I just, I'm just going to let y'all simmer in that one for a minute. Let no one seek his own good but that of his neighbor and that word in greek the way it's written means as a matter of habit so let no one seek his own good but as a matter of habit the good of his neighbor as a matter of habit in other words you do it without even thinking about it that's crazy Love is an action. This is the responsible expression of Christian freedom. In Galatians chapter 6, 2 and Philippians 2, 3 through 4, the believer must always take into consideration the impact of his behavior will have on other people. In this case, upon those who are weaker. Our freedom in Christ is not a freedom to harm 
other people. Mm. Mm-hmm. Verse 25 and 26. Uh, so you may so eat, you eat any meat that is sold in the marketplace <laughs> without raising questions of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. In other words, don't tell me I can't have bacon. Mm. Come on, sir. Yes, sir. Right? Verse 27. Go! If one of the unbelievers invites you... If someone who isn't a believer asks you home for dinner, accept the invitation if you want to. Eat whatever is offered to you without raising questions of conscience. If a sinner invites you to dinner, don't say no. (laughs) Nah, if they start waving like the... Like a... Put a little... You know, like one of those little... Have you seen one of those little flags they put on some food? Anyways, keep going. Yes, so that you know the origin of where it comes from? Yeah, what if they put like a freaking pentagram? Okay, okay. right. You know okay, keep going. Toa. So, let's read the next verse, Toa. <laughs> <laughs> but suppose someone tells you this meat was offered to an idol. Don't eat it out of consideration for the conscience of the one who told you. You, the Bible answered your own <laughs> question. Gosh dang it. And I read this verse multiple times before. <laughs> 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 what was this question? It was an idol food. So what if it has like a oh, little? I said if it had a little flag with a pentagram on it. Yeah. <laughs> now I don't think I'd enter a home that had a pentagram on it. <laughs> had to take control of that atmosphere real quickly. <coughs> so bad. He goes, "What if you had food and it had a little flag in it, and a little flag had a pentagram? Could you eat it then?" And I was like, "Just read the next verse, bro." Now, can, you, can, you, can you counter pray over the food? Let's say you, you go to a restaurant, they put a little gay flag on it. <laughs> Reclaim the rainbow. Welcome back to it. Where's your Where's your Jesus thing? Verse. What's your Jesus name now? Verse thirty. God bless you. If I partake with thankfulness, why am I slandered concerning that for which I give thanks? Paul anticipated the objections. Why should I not enjoy food when I give thanks or when I pray for it? Why should my liberty be curtailed because of another person's weak conscience? Paul answered these questions in the following verses. Verse 31. So, so whether, whether you, you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. The Christian has a responsibility to glorify God in all things. God cannot be glorified when a Christian offends or causes a weaker Christian or a non-believer to stumble. The Christian must put the interest of God's kingdom above his own personal interest. Mm. Verse 32. Don't give. Just as I try to please everyone and everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of that they may be Christian has a responsibility to witness to and win the lost. He must not do anything that might keep a lost person from coming to Christ or cause a fellow believer to stumble in his Christian walk. Is this where you guys get the get the phrase when you say you're going to make a brother stumble? That's hard. Proceed. So, to kind of just summarize chapter 10, what's up? 
Paul warned the Corinthians that they were erasing a, a line, the line between uh, themselves and the unbelievers. Mm. Right? Paul, Paul's basically saying, don't look like an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. Don't do the same things that they're doing. Walk different. Mm-hmm. Just because, just because you are, you live in this world, you are an ambassador of Christ. You should look different. Yeah. You should be different. Yeah. It should be obvious. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, you need to ask yourself. You need to examine yourself. You look different. <laughs> That's a really, that's like, the, I feel like these couple verses are like just the cheat code, right? It's just like, yeah, you're, there's no more, I'm not allowed to do this because of that, but just like, walk with God, and it, like, look different, think about others, others first, and then go. Look it. different, be different. That's it. That's hard. That's really, yeah. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Who do we know that? I wonder. Now, the one thing, the one thing I'll tell you is, is that does not negate your responsibility to minister Mm -hmm. to the unbeliever, to witness to those, to be a light in a dark world. Yeah, that's good. You are called to be different, but you're called to be different in such a fashion that you can pull others away from the darkness in the world not a preach when i was uh just like how I when i was a youth pastor uh i had this uh this illustration where i talked about being unequally yoked with someone yoked yoked uh, and it was the believer standing on a table and the unbeliever standing on solid ground because you are literally higher than the other person it's so much easier for them to pull you down than it is for you to pull them up. So, because gravity, the gravity's going against you. Yes. So when you are, when you are putting yourself in a place of being uneven, you have got to brace yourself in such a fashion that you do not stumble and you don't fall. That's a good, uh, it's a good song, by the way. What if I stumble? What if I fall? Keep going, keep going, keep what going. What song is that? <laughs> DC Talk. DC Talk! talk. <clears throat> Don't we get, like, copyright banned? Just keep singing. Uh, no, I can sing it all I want. I can't play it. Golly. I got to. I lost my internet connection. Go ahead. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market without raising any question on the grounds of conscience. So that's saying, basically what he's saying in this chapter is you can eat anything no matter what has been done to it or how it's been used. You have that freedom. Yeah. But, but and then but the only exception is when when when. Wait, and answer that. It's just when it's made known to you that 
the meat was offered to an idol, right? Yes. If someone tells you, then it's for the conscience of them that you don't eat it. But if something, if you're not knowingly eating like food for an idol, then it's it's any meat. So, the one thing I will tell you is right. it's always about knowledge, right? It's always about knowledge. So if you know that that food is sacrificed to idols and you choose to eat it, you knew beforehand. If you didn't know, it's not a sin. But if you did it knowingly, it's a condition of the heart. You knew and you still chose to do it anyway. Is that like an individual thing or just want to make someone stumble? I'm thinking about halal meat. Because, I mean, yeah, I talked to this dude that would come in and we would sell halal and I remember asking him one time I was like what is halal? I was like what is that? What does it mean? It's how they kill the meat right? It's how they kill the meat right? But in the end what I figured out was he said he basically said um, it's how they kill it but in reality it's, just, it's in the sacrifice of all. that meat is sacrificed to all. I was, cause that's, and then I was like, so you sacrificed the meat to Allah? And he's like, yeah. He was like, in the end, that's what I did. Don't eat that meat. And so I was like, oh, that makes sense. I, I don't know if this is true. It's real simple. We'll go back. Hang on one second. What? What are you saying? Yeah. <laughs> Why is that? Don't whisper. <laughs> say it out loud. You're on the recording, bro. I saw somewhere, and I had <laughs> so to verify this, but it was talking about the translation of Lucifer's name in the Bible into a more modern way of under, like saying it, and it actually came out to a wall, which is crazy. I don't, I don't know. know if that's true. That's why I said it. I just looked it up, and you guys are right, so it's kind of cool doing your homework. But halal is meat that is... Made in such a way by the hubby, hubba, right, which is, um, is a method of slaughter that is a swift, deep incision to the throat with a very sharp knife, cutting the windpipe, jugular veins, and car, carotid arteries on both sides, but leaving the spinal cord intact. The butcher is required to call upon the name of Allah individually for each animal before he kills it to make it halal. Okay. Yeah. Paul applied the principle of Christian liberty to the matter of meat sacrificed to idols. It was allowable for a believer to purchase such meat at the marketplace without asking questions. After all, everything belongs to God. Yeah. It was permissible for a believer to consume such meat in the privacy of his own home. In such a setting, there was no danger of causing another believer to stumble. So don't wear a chain with a cross on it and go to Halal, guys. That's what you're saying. <laughs> you know what? No, it, say, it says, it says if, you, <laughs> if you eat it, if you... If you, if you purchase it and you take it home and eat it, if you eat it in the privacy of your own home, you have that freedom. Right. Because in the, what I'm trying to get to, in the end, it's just me. No yes. who, and it belongs to the Lord. Who what now calls upon who right. But there's there's a difference in them killing an animal and calling on the name of Allah to bless that than a demon god 
Huh? Would all is all an idol? Would all be considered an I mean, idol? Is it, isn't a demon behind all? Or is it principality? Isn't is that not a rendition? Like a. I, I'm not going to pretend to know, but what I'm going to tell you is, is that Allah is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What? No. Wait. Sorry. Allah means God. <laughs> <laughs> said no. 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 Allah it just means God in Arabic. Yes. So it's the same God. It's it's not it's, him though. It, it, so they have a different idea. They just don't. It's know the God. same here. It splits here. So if they go back to here, that but that's what makes it hard. That's what makes it difficult, right? Because if you go talk to somebody, you could pull the Torah out and you could start talking about the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. You could start talking to somebody about all the same stuff that our faith is foundationally very similar. They would agree, right? But then they shift. They get it wrong when they, when they get later down the road. Because they called Jesus just a prophet. Here, here's the thing. The, the Jewish people also get it wrong. Mm. But their God is the same God as ours. They just don't believe in Jesus. So does that make, does that, does that make the God of the Jewish people a demon? Mm. Mm. No. Mm. So I can eat kosher stuff. <laughs> okay, so I and so here, here's my thing. Here's my, here's my thing. They they are wrong, but the Jewish people are wrong too. The Jewish people are God's chosen people. The Muslims are not. They have chosen a different. They have the same foundational God, but they have chosen a different way, which is the Muhammad as their savior. Once once they get to that Muhammad. That's when they get it off course, and that's when it becomes demonized. Muhammad actually was on a mountain trying to seek the one true God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when an angel grabbed him, violently squeezed him. An angel grabbed Allah, or Muhammad. Violently squeezed him. This is, this is his account. Violently squeezed him until... He spoke words. He took those words and wrote them down. And he started to burn them. He was going to destroy them because he didn't know if it was from God. But the prostitute that he was sleeping with convinced him that it was an angel of the Lord. So he then made it scripture. Ain't no way you got convinced by a prostitute. When, when you get to that point, you start to ask yourself... Maybe I need to think about what I'm believing because like a prostitute, a harlot convinced him that it was the angel of the Lord. Uh, but there's, there's some stuff in the Bible that's like that too, you know? So, so we would but, I, but, but I don't need No. And here's, here's what I would tell you. There is no other name by which men can be saved other than Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, so that's right. that's all that matters. All the all the other stuff is is just people trying to make their own way to God, mm-hmm. and there is only one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's why that's why people will tell you it's the same God. Yeah. I mean, how many times have people have you heard that it's all the same God? Because wow. uh, eh, it kind of. 
is, but it's not because they missed, they missed the Messiah. Mm. Jesus is the only way. Mm. Everything else is wrong. So they don't even have the right filter. They don't know and, what they're looking at. You know, I I can get I we'll probably get taken off Spotify for saying that, but Jesus is the only way. Like there mm-hmm. is no other way. Yep. He is the Son of God. Everything else is wrong. Even even the Jewish people missed it when Jesus came. When he comes back the second time, the Jewish people will believe. But Muslims can, but they probably will reject him. Because they choose to worship Allah or Muhammad. So get your seventy-two virgins on. Makes sense. Yep. So we can eat no more. <laughs> 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 I'm kind of craving a gyro. They belong to the Lord. That's the wild. Earth. They don't have gyros there, do they? That's yes, not, you have freedom food. to do whatever you want. That's Greek food. But if you're going to eat halal and it makes Nate stop so loving Jesus, you know, don't do it. Here. <laughs> I, like um, I don't even know what halal like meat like is, to be honest with you. So I, I said, I don't even know what halal meat is. So like, well, that's what it is. It's, it's any meat. I mean, but how would you know? How would you know you're unless like, you did your like research? Bible says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. <laughs> yeah, that's hard. That should have been the first thing. I'm going to get a three stacker. <laughs> so, Bible says that's what Jesus said. Now, what if, what if somebody who you were witnessing to sees you go in there and be like, man, he's not Christian. That's what someone would say if they saw me drink all these Dr. Peppers. Yeah. I know. He's <laughs> yeah, not Christian. Is she idolizing that camp? All right, we're going to try to get through some of chapter 11 before we have to move on. Hmm. Except for I think I lost internet again. So the weather is not being kind to my internet connection. We can continue our meat debate. There is no debate. Wait, we're not done yet, bro. Okay, so, so I was kind of right. So in Isaiah. There it is. Huh? I was kind of right. So, Isaiah 14 talks about this for since like morning star and all that. Which, when you take it back, goes to the Hebrew Chaldean version of Halal, which the root for that is Halal. That's hard. <laughs> so, Halal is synonymous with Lucifer. Satan meat. <laughs> and if you think about it, all those Arabic countries, are all Halal. And have these four colors of the horsemen. So, maybe just don't eat it, Israel. (laughs) We've been demonetized, bro. Uh, Were we ever monetized? (laughs) Where'd you get a Capri Sun? No, we're not monetized. This is for the church. Oh, Oh, I just cracked the pubis. Doesn't mean we're not going to get kicked off the (laughs) Spotify. Canceled, kicked off Spotify, destroyed. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. Paul challenges readers to be good examples to others and then invited them to follow his example. This was possible because Paul patterned his life after the Lord's. Verse 2. Now I praise you because you remember me in everything and hold firm the traditions just as I passed them on to you. 
So Paul gave him them a brief word of praise before offering instructions on the issue of proper attire and attitude of women in worship and the proper attitude of believers towards the Lord's Supper. It is possible that the Corinthians had asked Paul about these matters in their letters to him. Apparently, there was some concern over the matters of women who were for, who were free in Christ, worshiping without their heads covered according to the traditional customs of the day. Paul addressed this particular issue by referencing, uh, by referring to the order of things in creation. Verse uh, three. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But there is one thing I want you to know. The head of every man is Christ. The head of a woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. You want me to keep reading? Notice the order of things in this verse. God, Christ, man, woman. Keep going. A man dishonors his head if he covers his head while praying or prophesying. But a woman dishonors her head if she prays or prophesies without covering her head. Oh, no. Verse 5. That's why I wear beanies in the church. That, that was verse 5. Oh, for this is the same as shaving her head. Oh, my gosh. You should just shave your head. Am I, am I more godly if I shave my head? Verse. Nope. Keep going. Like verse 6. Yes, if she refuses to wear a head covering, she should cut off all her hair. But since it is shameful for a woman to have her hair cut or her head shaved, she should wear a covering. <laughs> Wait, that's so circular. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't wear a cover, shave that bald. But if you shave that thing bald, it's also wrong. So wear a covering. <laughs> so you it out. Shave that thing bald is a wild statement. <laughs> cover her head. So this is, he's basically saying, he's basically saying that you should follow the customs of the land. Okay. He's done that before when he went to the temple before. Yes. In Paul's day, prostitutes wore their hair short and did not cover their heads because oh, it was really? customary in Paul's day for women to cover their heads in public. Failure to do so would readily identify a woman with an uncovered head as a prostitute. J. Vernon McGee writes that the vestal virgins in the temple of Aphrodite had their heads shaved. In addition, a woman guilty of adultery was punished by having her head shaved. Thus, for a Christian woman to participate in public worship without her head covered would bring dishonor to her husband and impair her witness in a society that expected women to cover their heads. Such actions on the part of women would run contrary to Paul's instructions in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31-32. So... Here's here's what he's saying. He's he's not saying that today in 2023 a woman has to have her head covered. He's mm -hmm. saying in AD 60, or I'm not sure exactly when this is written, it is customary. And if you do, if you cut your hair short or you don't wear a head covering or you shave your head, people will think that you're a prostitute or that you're a pagan or that you're an unbeliever. So therefore, in order to protect your witness, what have we been saying this whole time? In order to protect your witness, in order to make it to where you can have influence among the people of your culture, subject yourself to the laws of the culture. It says, a shaved head was regarded as shameful for a woman since it was viewed as an attempt to resemble a man in her appearance. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, at the, at the same time, they also did it to women that uh, committed adultery. So. 
Um, For a man ought not have his head covered since he is the image and the glory of God, but the woman is the glory of man. For indeed man was not created for the woman's sake, but woman for the man's sake. Therefore the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. So This is probably a tough one to have, like first to preach in modern day. Yeah, and so here's the thing. Verse verse eleven, and then we're gonna we're gonna kind of finish up here for the evening. Uh, well, maybe eleven and twelve. However, in the Lord, neither is woman independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. For as the woman originates from the man, so also the man has his birth through the woman, and all things originate from okay, God. Tied it back together. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. Like, it was right. very like. One-sided to where it was like, this is a man's world. <laughs> so, but then he tied it back and said, and said but it wouldn't woman. be nothing so without a do woman you, or a girl. Do you think every person needs somebody? No, Paul was no. just saying that you go, go back somebody. and listen to some of the podcasts. We, we talked about how it's better to stay single. Yeah, Toa. No, I know, I know. Blessed are the single people. It was great. It was, it was a good run. I'm sure um, they preach that one a lot at Bible college. <laughs> Blessed are the single people. No, they preach this is not a place where you find a woman. You failed. Verse, you called to be holy. Verse 13. <laughs> judge, judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not even nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a dishonor to him? <laughs> I agree. But if a woman has long hair, is it a glory to her? For her hair is given to her for a covering. So, Jewish men wore middle-length hair, which usually was well-groomed. Really? Uh, I thought they'd get, get it really long now. Regarding a woman's hair, the reference to long hair in verse 15 is to a hairdo which was neatly held in place by means of ribbons or lace. Um, what is required in this verse is, is an orderly, clean appearance i agree men don't even need long hair for real i feel like it's just it's one of those things you know it's just like so, but, disgrace. but then in verse 16 it says but if anyone intends to be contentious we have no such custom i don't have verse 16 nor do god's communities so men can't have long hair according to the bible basically he's saying do or don't but there is no if this, do then do God. that. But only if we're God. <laughs> what? He basically so, said, don't make a brother stumble. Follow the customs of the land. But also give glory to God. You represent God. Everything you do should glorify God. Yes. Judge for yourself and glorify God. Yeah. So you look. So that's where we'll leave it today. Uh, everything we do is to glorify God. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, that should be our motivation for... Our work it should be our motivation for how we dress. Cut your hair. Whether you cover your head when you pray or not, everything should be to glorify God. Amen. Amen. Goodbye. Bye.